재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Every week we like to get the week rolling by tapping into the Korean mindset. And the best way we know how to do that is to listen carefully to what Koreans are saying to each other in their mainstream media or on social media. It's a little thing we call Culture Pulse. And on Mondays, Violet Kim is here in the studio to talk to us about it. Hey, Violet. Hi, Kurt. Yeah, so... um, Bullying is an issue that we think about in Korea a lot, mm-hmm. mainly in connection with young people right. in the school That's and a stuff. In schools. But you've seen some um, some talk about bullying in the adult marketplace or the workplace. Yes, in the workplace, which is where I guess adults. It's like adult schools and, where and can adults you still socialize. Call it, call it bullying when uh, when you're an adult, or is it just that people being mean? That is the word that mean? the media used. They are using um, the word. Right, yeah, they use the word, but quick one-on-one on bullying in mm-hmm. Korean and, I think, Japanese culture. They're called by different words, obviously, mm-hmm. in, in, but the concept is similar. Um, and in contrast to Western societies where it's like one bully with many victims, mm. here it's a group bullying, group bullying with one victim. So there's not one sort of charismatic bully in the middle of it, kind of right. pushing everybody around. Right. There's this like is the a little bit. Everybody's doing a little bullying mm-hmm. each, and it adds up to a really bad right. effect. There might be one leader, but mm. it's the reason it's such a problem is because everybody's kind of turning their backs on this one person. Mm-hmm. And this was and continues to be a huge problem in schools. But according to this recent article in a major Korean daily. Uh, it's a problem among adults as well. So I guess really? some people just never grow up. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so the bullying consists of a lot of microaggressions. Like instead of openly calling someone a nasty word like you might do in school, they just make sly little digs at their appearance or kind of, you know, make them feel bad about taking breaks at work, make their job really difficult in lots of little ways. Passive-aggressive bullying is the worst, I find. You're not really coming out and saying anything, but indicating with these little digs all the time. Yes. It'd be nice if you could do a better job of that or something. That just gets in your head and drives you bananas. It really does. And I feel like that's kind of universal. But one interesting aspect of this bullying that I thought was kind of unique to Korea was, you know, those cacao talk chat rooms that you're always a member of. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a member of some club or community, you're also a member of the cacao talk chat room. Well, a lot of the bullying consists of ignoring the one victim in the chat room whenever they say anything, giving them the silent treatment or making another chat room with just that person excluded. So it sounds almost laughably small, but these things add up and lead to anxiety and depression and people quitting their jobs. That is so funny when there's sort of like an alpha or a bully in the chat room laughing immediately at what they say, responding immediately to what they say. And then the person that's being picked on saying nothing ever. Uh, That is a real way to torture somebody on a psychological level. level. Right. And I just feel like I need to mention that this issue has obviously been around for a while. It's Mm -hmm. not super surprising, but it's... Been, it's coming up in the news again because recently an employee at an educational center for children with uh, intellectual disabilities was she was bullied. She was ostracized by her coworkers because they were jealous of her mm-hmm. and she had to quit work and receive therapy for her social phobia and anxiety. And she applied for a stipend to support herself 
during her recuperation period from the Korea Workers' Compensation and Welfare Service. And then when they rejected her application, saying this is just part of, you know, work stress, she actually took the case to the courts, and the courts took her side. And according to the article, that's unprecedented. So that's kind of cool. Well, I suppose when you are in a uh, a chat room, Mm -hmm. an online chat room Mm -hmm. on whatever platform, guess what you have? A paper trail. (laughs) So you can demonstrate very easily to a court how people are talking to you or not talking right. to you. Right, and I'm sure maybe. maybe those courts, they probably use Kakao Talk. They know how it feels. Of course, yeah. You would think, though, that when you get to the adult space, and I don't want to downplay this woman's uh, traumas and social anxiety, right. um, but you would think when people get to the adult space, they they can just say, hey, man, I don't care. I brush these guys off my shoulder, right. you know. But... Perhaps some of these people were bullied as a young person and they right. just didn't – They didn't just the way the bully didn't grow out of that role, right. the victim doesn't grow out of the role of accepting it. And I also think there are degrees to which the person is bullied. A lot of the times it does lead to sort of like if the person who's bullying you is kind of above you in the workplace hierarchy, then they can sort of report you falsely or just make you look bad at doing your job. Mm. So it has like a real effect. Well, and bullying – I don't want to draw broad brush conclusions about mm-hmm. Korea per se, but the topic does seem to come up quite frequently. Yes. Um, you know, I hear more about bullying in Korea than I do in the U.S., which is not to say per capita it happens more, but it mm-hmm. seems to get more attention. Right. And I just think, like I said in the beginning, the nature of bullying is very different here. It yes. seems more like it's not one bully's problem. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a group problem. That's it. Yeah. The group versus the victim. All right, we've got some voices, actual voices from out there on the uh, blogosphere contributing to various platforms. Let's give them a listen in this week's social media elements. It seems like group ostracizing has become a habit because our country has a clique culture. It's difficult enough as an adult, but can you even imagine this happening to a kid? At least if you're fighting and using physical violence, it's apparent. But this kind of violence is mental, and far more contemptible. The leaders of the group bullying are problematic, but then again so are the people who simply go along with it, and distance themselves from the issue. And just to put a period on this whole bullying sentence, in a culture like an East Asian Confucian culture here in Korea, where conformity is so important and group acceptance is so important, Mm -hmm. if that group turns a cold shoulder, it's even harder to take than in a country where you can go your own way and hold your head up high, that kind of thing. Right. I think there is definitely an element of that. All right. Moving on to topic number two. A magazine article on why it will be tough for Korea to get a Nobel Prize mm-hmm. for science. Oh, my right. God. People in Korea must cringe to hear that. But that's not the title of the original article. So right. the original article was in Nature, and it was titled Why South Korea is the World's Biggest Investor in Research. And the subtitle was about how the South Korean government is pouring cash into programs for the purpose of winning a prize, but that cash isn't enough. Chasing and that, that Nobel. Right, right. And... 
the article was really interesting, and it definitely wasn't why Koreans can't get a Nobel Prize, but that's how <laughs> he, they, they headlined up. it here. Incidentally, the author of this article, this was mm-hmm. in the journal Nature, mm-hmm. uh, and this is Mark Zastro, who yes. is a contributor to our very own TBS uh, on the Alex Jensen Morning Show just before Koreascape. He will be on with his weekly science and technology segment, which I highly, highly recommend. It's a very interesting little listen. Um, he's a very scientifically-minded person. Mark Zastro comes on tomorrow on This Morning with Alex Jensen. Mm-hmm. And he also writes quite a few uh, excellent articles in yeah. the journal Nature. You read you read this article, right? Yeah. Right, um, so. This is... And I, I, I had a shorter version of this in our news feed, I guess, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. when local versions started appearing. Hey, Korea's going to throw millions and millions of dollars at this and that yes. in the hope of chasing the Nobel. And they're also doing the same thing in literature, by the way. They want a Nobel period. Yes. <laughs> they want it in science or in literature or in whatever, peace, if they can get it. They, they right. did get one of those but a I few years ago. the difference is that it costs maybe a little bit more to pour money into R&D for sure. a science Nobel Prize. Infrastructure and right. all that. Yep. So, like, just to recap for people who haven't read the, artic- read the article, the article, the nature one, contrasts the relative lack of Nobel Prize winners, which is zero at the moment, with the huge amount of government spending. And the interesting thing was, for me, was that Korea spends more of its GDP than any other country in the world yeah. on this research. Yep. Right. But the re- reaction that it had in the local media was a little bit different. The Tonga Ilbo article that I read distilled the obstacle into five distinct reasons. All right, hit me with those reasons. Right. And the reasons are not enough debate discussion, uh, too commercially driven with not enough focus on keeping up with the basics, mm. uh, short-sighted, so there's no long-term vision or insight. Number four, brain drain, so the cream of the crop just go broad. And number five, trying to buy success rather than focusing on publishing papers. So nice. there's just not enough published papers in general. And what do ordinary people have to say about this quest for the Nobel? Well, the ordinary people actually had a lot of, they agreed generally, and they put forth other reasons to explain this. Mm -hmm. Uh, One person talked about tall poppy syndrome. They didn't use the word, but they talked about how there's a tendency to cut down people who succeed above others. So there's a lot of jealousy and envy. Right. And that, you know, leads to... The nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Yes. That's another way to say it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And others talked about the education style, you know, cramming, rote memorization, not conducive to creativity and pure science. Mm -hmm. So, and I think the short-sightedness is also definitely, I I saw that a few times. Like, remember when Isidore played AlphaGo? Yes. Right after that, the government announced that they'd be investing into AI. Yeah, kind of a me too type of uh, kind of phenomenon, you know, rather than just say, here's buckets of money, you guys in the science community have a blast, figure out what the next big thing Mm -hmm. is, and then we'll lead the world. It's kind of like uh, somebody has created a wake in this field. Let's Mm -hmm. jump into that wake and catch up. Yeah. All right. So we've solved Korea's science and research problem. The Nobel should be along any year now. Good work. Good work, Violet. Finally today, our third topic, uh, it is Memorial Day. After all, you may be uh, inspired to put up a taeguki or uh, otherwise handle the flag. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some comments out there about uh, some right ways and some wrong ways to handle the taeguki. Right. So when 
might hanging up the taegukki be something that's criticized? Mm -hmm. And that's when the group doing it is a major conglomerate with significant links to Japan. And the conglomerate in question, this was actually an issue last year. This conglomerate recently built a huge tower. You may have seen it. Ah, And they hung up a Korean flag. Flew right by it in an airplane yesterday with NASA. Interesting. On a 123-story building. Yeah. And they'd originally promised that they'd remove the flag by the end of last month, but released a statement saying that the Ministry of Patriots and Veterans Affairs had requested they leave the flag up. So there was a bit of fuss over this online. Mm-hmm. Um, I what don't was know, the counter-argument to leaving it up? Counter-argument Why to didn't the, they want it up? Oh, they didn't want it up because last year when they put it up in the first place, they were accused of sort of patriotism marketing. Okay. So they have these significant links to Japan and, you know, the imperial uh, colonialist history. Yes, yes. But, you know, why are you putting this flag up? Okay. And some people had an issue with how it was semi-advertising Sort of as cheapening well. the flag in the interest of right. company they, they marketing. Right. They put the company logo on it as well. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's a no-no. In a subtle, in a subtle way, but uh-huh. still. So, uh, how has the issue progressed? The issue hasn't really progressed. As far as I know, the flag is still up, but the people, you know, are disagreeing about it online. Some people still have a problem with it. Some people think, you know, however it's put up, I still like seeing our flag Mm -hmm. up. So... It is definitely noticeable. So to kind of wrap up the issue, uh, there's still some heavy critics of this gigantic teguki on a company building, uh, and it's going to be there for a while. Probably it's not going to be taken down for some time because it's a very powerful company, isn't it? Yes. All right, Violet. Well, that'll a fine note to end this Memorial Day edition of Culture Pulse. Thank you very much for coming in. Thanks, Kurt. And Career Escape resumes right after this.